0: Mm-hmm. Girl my lips I seal You think one bail my cash you mata heel high deal ba will you, Jim Davis is my name You're listening to Being Jim Davis Kiss your Garfield square on the lips My name is Christopher Winter and I am Jim Davis My name is Jonathan Johnson, and I am Jim Davis. Jonathan, today is Monday, April the 13th, 1981. It's possibly the greatest day in the history of this podcast because we finally cut ourselves loose from long time. I feel like he was basically an anchor holding this podcast back, John Gibson, (laughs) um, who has quit the podcast uh who has i think I think it's fair to say betrayed his family, betrayed his listeners, and betrayed his country, and who will never appear on this program again uh, but we're and we're and we're glad for that, and today to celebrate, we're reading the one oh my God, these numbers are too big we're reading the one thousand thirtieth ever
1: garfield strip. Jonathan, what happens today in Garfield? Uh, in today's Garfield, apparently Jim Davis is sick or on vacation or something, and pausing Kier's renowned French, uh, what? <laughs> no, that's fine. That's a weird word. Semiotician. Semiotician and literary theorist, Roland Barthel, Barthas? Barthes? I.
0: Yeah, I think they say
1: Barta Bartha. Bartha. Man, French. I, I don't understand French. You're supposed to skip, like, letters and... I could be
0: wrong. I Honestly, I could be wrong about that. I do not speak French either.
1: I <laughs> yeah. think it's Barta. Yeah, so Barta, like, basically wrote this comic. I will... And look, I'd like to hear you elaborate
0: on why you think the semiotician Roland, <laughs> Roland Barta wrote this... I, I would... I would entertain arguments that rather than Roland Barta it was like Mikhail Bakhtin or even Ferdinand Saussure. I'm pretty sure it was a semiotician. I guess we can get into that. Hmm. Um, yeah, l- let's talk about what happens in this. We'll, we'll jump right in and we'll see what happens. And, um, and yeah, uh, okay. So, first, th- yeah. first thing to address, the, panel, uh, the panelization of today's strip is highly idiosyncratic. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, it's just, it's, <laughs> it's okay, look,
0: okay, I, I know it's a small difference from the regular, but they, we talk about Garfield every day for eternity. Like, I have to, have to point out what differences we have. Panel 2 is divided up in half uh, vertically. So there's sort of a 1, a 2A, two a 2B, a two and then a 3. Mm-hmm. And that's exciting.
1: Yeah, it's different. It's a lot better than last time I was here where it was the same thing. Yeah, remember. no, I think this is a much stronger week than last time you were here.
0: Largely because John Gibson is not present. But, you know, the Garfields are better, too. Um, So in panel one, I guess you would... God, usually John does all the boring description parts. I, this is really hard. Okay, in panel one... I wish he were here. In panel one... I hate him. <laughs> In panel one, I would I'd say this is a, a reasonable instance of Stan Cowpo. Garfield is walking on screen from the right, but he's sort of, you know, Arbuckle standing at left, Garfield at right on the counter. He's sort of walking in. Uh, John Arbuckle has his left elbow is resting on the counter, and then his chin is resting in his left hand. His right hand, the Index finger only is hooked in around the uh, uh, the handle of a coffee mug, which I think indicates that it's morning. It's a visual cue that this is morning. Uh, and that's that's strengthened by John Arbuckle's line, which is, where were you last night, Garfield? Panel one name drop. <laughs> um, and then and Garfield sort of looking up to him. I wouldn't say I, like almost disinterested, but just like, oh, that guy. You know,
1: yeah, it's all about the it's it's a Monday. Yeah, I, I feel so, like John so, needs like you know the pipe with a cigarette and you know wearing like a a nightgown or something.
0: Mmm. I would love to see John Arbuckle wearing a nightgown in this panel. I think that would really put this <laughs> panel over the top. I don't know about a pipe. You think a pipe?
1: You think he sm- he smokes a pipe first thing in the morning? Eh never know or it could be like one of the the french ones the long the long stick or whatever oh
0: like a cigarette holder yeah yeah long cigarette holder i'm into that i'm not saying john arbuckle doesn't smoke first thing in the morning it's very possible he does <laughs> yeah i would like to see john arbuckle um yeah dressing gown long cigarette holder hair maybe a little bit uh, frumpier you know mm-hmm. looks like he's already showered and got dressed yeah. I would like to see this more of a first thing in the morning Um, so tell me Jonathan what happens in panel two
1: it's pretty straightforward to describe right I mean panel two Garfield like I don't know does Garfield get possessed by something and just <laughs> is all of a sudden like excited and hands up in the air just waving around like he doesn't care he's <laughs> It's just like yeah <laughs> fingers he up does,
0: yeah panel like 2a does look like sort of like he's dancing right yeah like his his head is pointed upwards it's like that peanuts thing where they're all mouth but his mouth is closed and he's smiling <laughs> so we see we see like his muzzle and then the underside of his chin
1: he could totally you know, be doing like the Snoopy dance or whatever
0: yeah. Oh, my God. He might be doing the Snoopy. Is he doing the Snoopy dance?
1: Maybe.
0: as I'm desperately Googling Snoopy dance. <laughs> he is kind of doing the Snoopy dance. Hmm. That's, you know, listeners, will this be in show notes? Possibly. Probably not. But if you compare, like you Google Google image search Snoopy dance, some of these compare... Very closely, I would say, with Garfield in Panel 2A. It's not an exact match, but it's close. Um, definitely the head up and smiling thing, motion lines around his arms. He's not tap tap tapping with his feet though. His feet remain um remain uh, uh, immobile. Yeah, it takes
1: him a little too much effort. He's doing like the, the lazy, the lazy Snoopy. <laughs>
0: yeah, and it's not like, I think he's dancing. But maybe he's, it's really hard to know what he's, what he's doing. And at this point in the strip, you know, reading it for the first time, I'd be thinking like, maybe I'm not supposed to know what Garfield is doing here. And it will become clearer later in panel three, you know, because in panel two B, like two A, I can say, okay, that's, that's dancing. Yeah. Two, two B. It,
1: oh, he's hopping, right? like Like, it's not like a dancing move he's like it's like he's jumping to like do something to the ground it's not (laughs)
0: like yeah he he's in the air he's suspended in the air we've got motion lines um around like on his head and his left arm and it looks like he's hopping from right to left because we have that hippity hoppity Easter Bunny motion line, yeah. sort of underneath, underneath him, and then extending back to the right. And his his hind legs are like reared up, like he's like like he's like they're coiled up so that the next time he hits the ground, he's going to spring out to hop again. And he's got this look of concentration on his face with his ears back and like concentration and satisfaction like I'm really doing a great job of hopping over here <laughs> and his his arms are kind of pulled upwards
1: it's like, like like he's about to strike or something
0: yeah it's it's totally I have no idea what he's doing here I I mean, I, and I guess if, if we step back, he's, he's using body language to convey something to John, like what he did last night Mm. is, I think, I think the, the, but, but this is 2A was kind of like, yeah, I guess that's dancing this one. Like, what the heck? I got no idea.
1: He squished bugs. He, he stopped on Odie again. Like
0: he's, I, this is. This is enigmatic. Um, in panel three, we cut back to the opening shot of John and Garfield and Stan Kalpo. Um, I think the the fun change here is that John has released his, like his both his arms are at his side now, mm-hmm. and Garfield is reaching for the coffee cup, which is fun. That's cute. Um, John says, "You met a ballet dancer." And went to a sack race, which is his interpretation of Garfield's, uh, you know, Garfield's act out. And Garfield thinks, close enough.
1: Jonathan, what do you make of this? <laughs> like, <what? laughs> close enough. <laughs> um. Do you like this strip? Does it
0: puzzle you?
1: What's going on? I don't know what happened. I feel like the, these were just random sentences. These were like two sentences he wanted John to say eventually. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't get it. Is it supposed uh-huh. to be a joke or? <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it is it supposed to be a joke? Um, I mean, okay, yeah. That no, that's a fair. I. I have decided that I like this one, but it took me a while to come around because there's all sorts of like, here, here, here was a, my initial question was, it seems like John Arbuckle is misinterpreting whatever Garfield indicated in panels 2A and 2B. That's true. Are, are we the reader supposed to know what Garfield is actually saying, or is it supposed to be mysterious to us too? You know, like, is this a strip about John is so dumb he can't understand what Garfield is saying? Or is this a strip about communication is hard, especially between people and cats? You know,
1: like what's what is, what's the message here? I I mean, that's kind of a thing as a whole that John doesn't entirely understand Garfield. Mm-hmm. And but I don't know, it feels weird just bringing it up in this panel like this because it's not like we we know what the hell is happening
0: yeah like we don't know either right we're not we're not we're not dumb and not able to understand like the fact that we can't figure out what garfield is doing in panel two isn't because we're dumb it's because it's deliberately uh uh opaque right Mm -hmm.
1: i i think that i mean like it could also be like the um just in terms of, like, the artist's interpretation is, like, bad. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's it's possible that Jim Davis intended
0: for us to know what Garfield was doing in panel two <laughs> and just drew it poorly. But I, I kind of think he didn't. And then Garfield's response in panel three, uh, close enough. It's like he doesn't even, you know, it's like he's saying, you know what, communication is impossible, who cares?
1: I mean, like Garfield, by normal, is kind of really lazy. The fact that he even pantomimed what he did is weird and out of place.
0: Yeah. Like, if you think communication is impossible, why are you trying? <laughs> and then this is all coming ultimately from Jim Davis, who is a cartoonist, whose job is to communicate in words and pictures. <laughs> You know, yeah. th- is it like Jim Davis saying to us, like, you know what? Sometimes you're just not gonna get the joke, and that's fine. <laughs> like, I really like this one. I feel like it goes deep. I don't know. Is I'm the gonna...
1: color supposed to mean anything? Like the the pink and two A and the yellow and two V. I definitely like the color work. I don't know if it means
0: anything. We've got a nice sort of a pastel green in the back. The back. We're talking about the back wall. Uh, the countertop is always a dark blue, and then the back wall is a nice pastel green in panels one and three, and then two A, as you say, is pink. I want to say it's almost exactly the pink of Garfield's nose. Mm. And then two B is that the ye- Is that the yellow of Garfield's jowl? Yeah, it's the same yellow, right? So. Or if it's not the same, it's very close. I
1: think it's the same.
0: I think it's the same. If John were here, he'd give us the hex codes. That's not a thing I do. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like, does that mean anything? Usually the colors don't repeat. uh, You know, like, they don't echo the colors of the main characters. Mm -hmm. So that's weird. I'm going to... Jonathan, I'm going to read you a short excerpt from Roland Barthes, uh, uh, SZ, which, look, I don't need to tell you, this book was published in 1970. And it's like an extended textual analysis of Balzac's uh, Seracine.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, okay, uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay, and, and when I say I'm going to read you a an excerpt, what I actually mean is I'm going to read you a paraphrase in the Wikipedia article about that <laughs> book. <laughs> From this project, Barta concludes that an ideal text is one that is reversible or open to the greatest variety of independent interpretations and not restrictive in meaning. A text can be reversible by avoiding the restrictive devices that Saracen co- suffered from, such as strict timelines and exact definitions of events. He describes this as the difference between the writerly text in which the reader is active in a creative process and a readerly text in which they are restricted to just reading. I put to you that Jim Davis is exactly the ideal writerly text that Roland Bart, uh, advocated for in SZ. <laughs> this is 100% a reversible, uh, uh, a reversible text. It doesn't have uh, um, the readers involved in the creative process. It doesn't have this strict timeline. It doesn't have an exact definitions of events.
1: Oh yeah, it's a, I thought you meant like literally put this strip in reverse, and I'm like looking at it. And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah, I would. I
0: wouldn't. I wouldn't reverse the time. But it's like it's not clear about what are the events that happened. What's yeah. the timeline? Um the text the the strip is commenting upon like you know I look I don't need to tell you that Barta is famous for for you know the death of the author and saying that like you know it's all about reader response and authorial intent doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Garfield and John are meta commenting on like ultimately it doesn't even matter what Garfield intended in panel 2A. John's interpreting those that those actions. Uh, uh, actively, he's bringing his own uh, heuristic process to bear, and Garfield's like, "Yeah, fine, close enough," and we're doing the same, and Jim Davis is telling us that it's okay.
1: <laughs> Am I out of line here? I, uh, you know, like sometimes I think we we might be giving Jim Davis too much credit. Maybe
0: the beauty of the Bartian. Uh, perspective is that it doesn't matter. It's not. It's not even really about giving Jim Davis credit because we don't have to care about his authorial intent. You know, we have the work and we're interpreting it.
1: I fell right. But into yeah, you're
0: that. you're probably right. You're probably correct that we're giving him too much credit. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're done. Uh, do you have more to say about this one? Um. I didn't want to cut off the podcast if you had some other... You know, look, if you want to bring in a Swiss semiotician, Ferdinand
1: Saussure, I'm here for it. Uh, No, I just... I think maybe Jim Davis should stop copying, like, Peanuts actions or something. Because, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I love it when he copies Peanuts actions. (laughs)
0: Um, I feel like this one is definitely post-structuralist, but it's fine. Um... (laughs) You've been listening, like this is, I'm just saying, this this strip was clearly not written by Claude Levy-Strauss, am I right? Well,
1: yeah, I mean, there's other potentials. I appreciate potentials.
0: that. <laughs> um, look, you've been listening to Being Jim Davis, 57-year-old potato in a trick suit. You can support the program in a variety of ways Why not leave a review Subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts Why not visit the show website www.beingjimdavis.com That's really the extent of ways You can support the show We do not recommend other other beans uh, You cannot really follow me on, on Twitter Or anywhere at all uh, But Jonathan, if you want to plug something Do you have a thing you want to plug?
1: Follow me on Twitter. I don't know why you want to, but it's at John Johns. Yeah. Look for Jonathan in
0: Sacramento later today. Um, I'll be signing on, se- perhaps. Yeah, several days. Look, if you want to meet Jonathan Johnson, beloved guest host. To go back in time three days from the date that today's podcast airs, channel the Sacramento Telephone, look for a handsome devil that'll be him, and ask for his autograph. Thank you for listening, and good night. Good night. This
1: podcast was brought to you by the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. Like what you just heard?